Go Late Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Pre-show amble. Take okay. one. <laughs> yeah, take one. Uh, let me see. We could play Guess What I'm Taking Out of My Office Drawer today. Or we could just start the fucking podcast. Let's do it! Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, one and all. I take it back. I'm intrigued as to what's in Simon's drawers. This is GoLad Selects, a GoLad original, a GoLad production, and it is brought to you by the beautiful people. We can confirm they are beautiful in many different ways. Words. Sorry. Um, Sky, our beautiful friends at Sky. And Sky are recommending to you a big-ass blockbuster of a movie that did big numbers at the box office and now can be seen on the slightly smaller screen. Oh, yeah. Although What's that then? Some people have TVs the size of the cinema screen these days. They do. And I only have anyways. a 40-inch, which is considered... What film are you talking about, David? Ambulance. I could use some help. My wife needs this surgery. This is real life. How's that right? You put your life down on the line for this country? You leave your family, your home? How much do you need? 231. How about more? 32 million. I need an extra man. I came to you for a loan. Look, have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? Ambulance. Oh, yeah, okay. Starring the brilliant Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, We mentioned this movie a while back because I saw it in the cinema and thoroughly enjoyed it because it's everything you would hope and want from a Michael Bay movie. It is big, it is full of action, and there's a bomb going off and an explosion going off and someone getting shot every five seconds. And there is a really good... Uh, plot line that literally drives the movie from beginning to end because by and large most of the movie takes place in an ambulance that has been used in a bank heist and it's all gone tits up and the entire uh, strength of the LAPD and law enforcement are chasing Jake Gyllenhaal and Yaha Abdul Mateen inside this ambulance. You'll know him from Morpheus and in The Matrix Resurrections. They're, they play two brothers turned bank robbers. And um, I guess you can surmise that maybe the bank job doesn't go well. Hence why they end up in a fucking ambulance trying to escape. And can an ambulance <laughs> outrun helicopters and police vans and police cars and, and other uh, types of vehicles? What do you want? I'm just gonna borrow it. I got a cop shot. I gotta get him to the hospital. I'm gonna need you to help us. Why don't you help us? We're doing hostages now. We're not crashing into this ambulance. We got a brother cop on board. Do you have EMT experience? Combat triage. You're a soldier. Yeah. We are trying to save you. And also other bad guys. It's it's it's, it's just a fucking riot of a movie. Now you've seen this, Ada, so give us the lowdown. Did, did you enjoy it? I did, for what it is. I mean... You're not yeah. going to a Michael. It's a Michael Bay movie, exactly, and you go in knowing that. Um, so therefore, it very much lived up to my expectations of a Michael Bay movie, with an attempt to weave more than just uh, guys rob a bank. Will they get away with its storyline? There's a bit more nuance, uh, nuances to it uh, that explore the sibling relation uh, relationship between the two lads and uh, and other things that I actually won't ruin. I know that's keeping okay. it vague, but uh, it's well worth the watch. It's leave your brain 
at the door, park your arse on the couch, get your sweets and your popcorn and your pizza and just fucking indulge in it. Dive in. So that's available on Sky Cinema from now, is it? Available on Sky Cinema now. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good and I, I'm a fan uh, <clears throat> good afternoon John I am a fan uh, of, of Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor love Jake I think Gyllenhaal. he's done okay he can do you know the, the, you're, you're saying Simon the one for Hollywood and one for me he very much can do that he can mm. do the big blockbusters but then he can go off and do far, far more on the fringe type movies like Nightcrawlers my motto is if you want to win the lottery you have to make the money to buy a ticket <laughs> Did I say that I worked in a garage? So what do you say? I could start tomorrow or even why not tonight? No. How about an internship then? A lot of young people are taking unpaid positions to get a foot in the door. That's something I'd be willing to do. I'm not hiring a fucking thief. Yeah, I hated that film. He, I mean, I, it's obviously a very good film, but his character, uh, I felt like I needed a shower after it. He was such a disgusting, slimy so-and-so. Um, he's great in films like Prisoners, uh, I thought he was great in Zodiac. He's very good at playing those kind of roles where it be a reporter or a cop who's not quite sure exactly the the gravity of the situation around him and he's slowly figuring it out as we are as well. A lot of range to him. Nocturnal Animals is one of the best films I've seen in recent times. That's a Tom Ford film he was in as well. Okay, well to that point about um, playing a character who's trying to figure things out and is not too sure, you're going along in the story with him. I'm trying to think of the film where he plays the 911 responder. Yes, I, I actually watched... Oh, yeah. I watched pretty much all of that recently <clears throat> enough. That was one of the most tensest films I've ever seen. It's fucking brilliant. Um, oh, God, what is it called? Is it called, like, Responder or Emergency? Um, uh, is it... It's not like... I'm no, looking at his IMDb here. So Ambulance comes up as 2022. So it was probably last year, the year yeah. before. I remember watching it, like, very briefly, uh, listeners. It's... He plays a relatively jaded cop and he's on the you know, first responder kind of shift. The and he interpreter, gets a now, that's not it. That, but that, that says that's in post-production. Yeah. Um, which it is not. Carry on, though, John. Yeah, and he gets a call from a woman who's basically being kidnapped by her husband and she's pretty certain he's going to murder her. And he's, uh, yeah, her battery's running out, time's running out, and Jay Hall is trying to ascertain any information he can to stop this from uh, going down. It's just sweaty palm stuff from the start it's actually physically hard to watch at times but uh, he does it so well Like he starts to film like you know heavy lidded pissed off he's starting to shift and before you know it the phone rings and, and you're into it I just want to talk to you okay I'm hanging I'm out just stop for a drive sweetie okay is there someone with you uh huh is the person you would know you called us no who do they think you called your child yes sweetie does the person you're with have a weapon Yes. I need the color of the car, okay? When I say the right one, say it's fine. Red? White? It's fine. Is it a car? No, man. What? No, just yes or no, just yes or no answers, Emma. I'm sorry, I have to hang on. Give me the phone right now. I'm gonna die. The Guilty. The, I just found it as well. Snap. The Guilty. The guilty. 2001 yeah, it. crime thriller. Uh, it's coming up that it's available on Netflix. I'm not sure if that's uh, Netflix. No, it's on Netflix, US yeah. or that indeed. If you've not seen it, it's great. Very dense. Oh my God. Very t- and a great twist in it. Yes. A great twist. Um, also, honourable mention of his role, his transformative role as a boxer in the movie Southpaw, where he literally went from being already a very fit man to a fucking shredded athlete. 
and played a, a boxer quite convincing in terms of the actual movement and flow of a boxer. Not the best performance of a boxer I've seen in a movie, but certainly not the worst. And a decent storyline to boot as well. Well done, Jake. You're, you're doing all right, lad. You're yeah. doing all right. So Jake gets a big thumbs up from all three of us, correct? Yes, I think he's great. He does, and the fact he's Have in. you seen Ambulance, Johnny? I have and know. Um, I don't mind Michael Bay. <coughs> I mean, I don't obviously sit down watching a Michael Bay film expecting to be uh, stretched, but I do I do appreciate it. I love, like, you know, obviously Bad Boys and like all those films, The Rock. Like, he, he has that genre sewn up. But uh, I'll watch J.J. on the Hall in most things, mm. so I'll probably give it a, a watch. And you liked it, Aidan, so I'm not gonna, I wouldn't veer away from it. Yeah, there's Did no- you know Jake Gyllenhaal was in City Slickers? Yes, that was one of his first roles. Wowzers. Oh, and of course Brokeback Mountain. I mean, that's... Oh, I loved yeah. that film. That's a, that's Donnie Darko. Huge yeah, role. Jesus, like the amount of great films that guy's been in. Because yeah. mm. I guess he has that range where he can play a creep and a freak. Uh, yeah. and, a, and a scary ass bastard he can be the hero Jarhead, he can also Jarhead, be the Jarhead, Jarhead, yeah. yeah he can be the, the anti-hero um, yeah and he's, well, he's a, getting a lot of love from us so he's yeah. in ambulance Ado's giving it a thumbs up so we should get on it Johnny yeah we'll, we'll, we'll I'll chase that ambulance oh. <laughs> we shall report back oh there's somebody at the door apologies for starting there's somebody at the door I'll get it I'll get it Let's welcome back to the podcast once again the movie editor of entertainment.ie, the one, the only, the inimitable, Brian Lloyd. Brian, welcome back. You got music this week. Ooh, we're springing for music. (laughs) Acapella music. I don't know. No royalties on that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Pat Short has got nothing on you when it comes to being an actor and and a musician. Sasha Two, Bang and Two, Rashers and nothing. Oh, Please stop, please stop. That was number one, by the way. Have you you ever been seen in the same room? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we have fairly lively. Uh, I'll tell you now, the fact that that song made it to number one in Ireland proves to me that people don't know shit. There is no account. Like, I am doing this job nearly 10 years and I can tell you, there's one thing that is repeated at me again and again and again. There is no accounting for taste. Mm -hmm. There is just never any accounting for taste. Why does that? Absolutely. Why does that anger you? It doesn't anger me. It doesn't anger me. I'm just I, I I can't get angry about it because if I got angry about it, I'd just be having an aneurysm every day. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There would just be like I just like somebody to hey, have you seen that thing? Just ear, just blood coming out of my ears. So I can't get angry about it. Mm-hmm. But you know when that debate started for me, Brian, and mm. I really got angry about it was I don't know, I suppose it was fifteen, maybe it was twenty years ago. Mm. But when but when the likes of X Factor started. Now, do you know something? I'm now, pop idol. I was going to start with Michael Bay because we were talking about him earlier. But no, let's go with the reality uh, well, you get to talent Michael show. Bay. <laughs> I'll tell you, listen, I actually, this, is, this might surprise you. I actually don't have a problem with those shows. Not really. With the exploitation and the manipulation and the... No. No, I mean, see, that's not what I have a problem with. Shaming. I have a problem with that fucking talent has nothing to do with winning a talent competition. Popularity, yeah. Yeah, it's popularity. But, like, I mean, yeah. is that not true of all kind of fucking, you know, music or art or anything? It is now. It is now. Put it all 30 now. years ago. No, ah, I don't think it always was. Ah, Simon, come on now. Come on But now. people are getting jobs okay. and casting things and record contracts based on the amount of fucking followers they have. Well, not yeah. whether they can sing, act, or dance. Sure, but... Or, present television shows it's not rocket science but I have uh, 
experienced that before when it's a question now asked by television companies and commissioning editors, how many followers do you have on yeah. Instagram? And that's that's a, a yardstick at which they might choose somebody else over you or vice versa. I mean, like, Which is a load of fucking bollocks because I don't have very many Instagram followers. But do you not think, right, and this is a question to put to all of you, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, before social media, before whatever of that, okay. I mean, there was a case of trial and error, wasn't there? Like, it was just like, okay, we think this person is going to sell a shit ton of records. Let's put all the money behind them. Or, you know, uh, she looks great. She looks great on camera. Get her out in front of everyone. Like, they were doing that, like, Jesus, in the 40s, in the 50s. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, it's just uh, a sort of... I don't know, an extrapolation of it. That fact that, like, you know, you're talking about, like, you know, and I, I, I've, listen, I've been on the receiving end of those things as well. It's like, how many followers have you got? Oh, I don't know, about 5,000. Yeah, we need someone with 20 plus. I'm like, I fucking got that. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> what? But that's, uh, you know. Opportune even, moment to give out your Twitter and, and, and Instagram handle. Well, who gives a fuck anyway? But, like, I mean, and, like, sure, it's all bullshit. It's all coming to an end anyway. Like, but. It's, you know, I, I, I in terms of like uh, X Factor and, and, and Pop Idol and, and whatever, I actually don't have a problem with them because they actually do have a talent. And I mean, it is just a lucky dip what gets, what becomes a hit and what doesn't become a hit. Mm-hmm. And the same way that when people, you know, write films or write books or whatever, it's lucky dip. Something will just catch on and some things won't catch on. And I just think that, you know, talent is, talent is one thing, but. You know, it's luck plays. You, sure, both of you are actors. Like, you know what it's like. It, it's just luck is so much more important than fucking talent at the best of times. To hear he called well, me I don't, an actor, I, I, I think I think you're right. Luck does play a part in it, but I think the stars have to align for you too. Is that not luck, though? Is that not luck? Like, the start, you're saying the stars have to align. You have to be in the right place at the right time. Some That's people would luck. say you've got to make your own luck. What? Like, uh, how have we gone down this road? I'm sorry, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, no, don't apologise. I'm just curious how we've ended up in this uh, strange place. Meanwhile, Simon, did you start Michael this? Bay. Or was it all to do with fucking Pat Short? <laughs> it started with Pat Short and then... <laughs> my my yeah. bad. My bad, right. Um, yeah, so look, we mentioned Ambulance. You and I have talked about this yeah. with Simon and John before because uh, we were both at the same screening of it and I asked <laughs> you for leaving a few minutes before it ended. <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot, dick. <laughs> and I'm reminding you that Yeah, thank that. you. I do remember that. And like, I remember getting shit about that as well because somebody was listening to the show and they were like, I can't believe you got up and left before the end of a film I was like yeah, I had to be somewhere I'd seen enough like you know oh, oh what they, they don't make it out oh no oh, like what like what the fuck like I like I could I could write that film in my sleep I'm such a rat I feel bad for that um, so we won't go over old ground on that one um, but one thing uh, I remember you saying at the time you were surprised by how many um, of your contemporaries who actually yes. did like it yes. so where would you rate it in the Michael Bay pantheon of Michael Bay madness And I mean it's fine that's the thing it's totally fine like I mean it is one of his, I think it's like it's his highest film on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, or something like that. All it's right. upwards of like 75, 80%. You can check me on that. Um, I I think it's fine. I think it's totally okay. I enjoyed Pain and Gain a hell of a lot more than I enjoyed this because I think Pain and Gain... Great soundtrack. Great fucking soundtrack. Terrific soundtrack. And I think that <laughs> it utilised its cast. What? I was just laughing at Simon choking. <laughs> I think that's what he's doing. I can't see him. I can hear him. He's all right. Is he falling over? Is he, is no, he, I'm his fine. His face going blue. Fine, it's okay. I'm, I'm but I think Pain and Gain, of his more later work, I think Pain and Gain was the better film. Um, I, of his earlier work, I mean, Armageddon, I think is 
is is terrific. Like it is a terrific. Hundred percent agree. Could not argue on in any aspect of and it. And not only that, but like the fucking talent he had on that film. Aaron Sorkin wrote, would uh, did a, a did a pass at it. J.J. Abrams did a pass on it. Quentin Tarantino did a pass on it. Like. Basically, there wow. was uh, an entire list. Basically, every writer of note in Hollywood did, took a swing at Armageddon. Now, the film is a fucking mess, but it's entertaining. It is fabulously entertaining. And let's not forget as well, Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing was the song. Stop, I'm tearing up. Come I'm tearing up. on. That song. I don't, was... I don't, there aren't many songs that make me want to gouge my fucking eyes out, <laughs> oh, but that's Jesus. certainly one of them. For someone who was a new romantic back in the day, you don't have a love in that, a lot of love in that heart. No, Aerosmith. Get no, the fucking no hold on a second, right? Yes. Okay. I think your generation, Simon, yeah, because you're. Were you Your actually, generation? What? No, your generation, Simon. Has a bit right. of a has a bit of a gall, I think, against kind of not prog rock necessarily, but that big kind of arena operatic work. I mean, would I be correct in saying that? Well, let me just mention another band and song to you, Simon, and we'll, we'll gauge your reaction because mm-hmm. it'd be very yeah. similar to the song we're talking about. Bon Jovi, Bed of Roses. Yes, don't like that song, but I like Bon Jovi. Okay, oh, okay. Prayer is one of the best fucking songs. Ever. Okay, let me let me throw in another one in the mix there, and Simon, let me see if I can gauge you Go a little on, bit. Yeah. Guns and Roses, November Rain. I like that song, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah so what's your problem with I Don't Want to Miss a Thing? Like, I would put... I November- don't want to miss a thing! <laughs> I fucking hate that song. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That is Meanwhile. Some, uh, that is... I No, I, like, I'm not saying it's like Radio Nova, you know, playing the hits, you know. Like, it's not like... I'm not look, look, I think it's a guilty ple- I think that song is a guilty pleasure and I think Armageddon and I don't even like that term guilty pleasure but I do yeah, think Armageddon it shouldn't be it should, it should be guilt you should feel no guilt but um yeah I I think I think Armageddon is his best film what else right I just confirmed uh, ambulance is in fact his highest rate yes. on Rotten Tomatoes at yes. 68% yeah there you go okay so he's veered okay so he's done a lot um, well a good few action movies obviously would put Transformers in that category sure but I'm just looking at his uh, his, his list he of started off doing here. Playboy videos oh okay he well, did a lot of music videos yeah, too didn't he too, yeah that's right yeah. let's talk about that Playboy videos yeah what, like like Okay, so before like the video version of the magazine, like yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, like the swimsuit, um, swimsuit stuff. He did stuff for um, Victoria's Secret as well, and he was basically doing all the kind of like the softcore kind of stuff, mm. um, in the early nineties, and then he went on to music videos, and then he went from there to Bad Boys. And like to be fair, you know, like you watch any of his ads, and I'm talking about like Super Bowl ads that he's done. Like he has a very very distinctive style, and like. There is this argument that uh, Michael Bay is one of the last auteurs in Hollywood. That, <laughs> and I can feel. No, can I just ask the uh, a what question? What is an auteur? I, what's the difference between an author and an auteur? Well, auteur theory in film basically oh. states that the director is responsible for everything on the film. In other words, he has dictated the style of how the actors will deliver their lines. He or she has had an impact on the production design, cinematography, everything. So it's basically his entire vision just on the screen. Okay. Everyone is singing to everyone is singing to his hymn sheet. So, so Baz Luhrmann would be an auteur. Very much so. Wes Anderson mm. would be an mm. auteur. Mm. Michael Mann, to a certain degree, would be an auteur. And people could say, and I would agree, that Michael Bay is an auteur because when you watch any... How I would... Uh, my personal kind of barometer is that if I can sit and watch a film for three minutes and I can tell you who the director is without even having to guess, t- 
too hard, that's an auteur because they have a signature. Correct. Yes, they have a very, very distinctive style. And Michael Bay does have a distinctive style. Bayhem. That's it. Michael Bayhem. (laughs) No, no, that's it. No, that's that's it. They call it Bayhem. It's like ten fucking explosions going off. Like there's a brilliant. I'll I'll direct you to. There's a, a an advertisement he did that he starred in for Verizon Wireless, and it is incredible. It is so fucking stupid. And it's literally him just talking about, hi, I'm Michael Bay, uh, director of such Hollywood hits as Transformers and Armageddon. And then he just like takes out a button and just puts a, pushes a thing and something behind him blows up. And he walks into his house and pushes another <laughs> button and his pool blows up. And it's just it's him constantly just setting off explosions, talking about like Verizon wireless internet. And it's fucking hilarious. So like, I think compared to other uh, action directors of his ilk, he's very much aware of... People pay to see a Michael Bay film. Mm. They pay. They they know what they're getting, which is, you know, lots of fast cuts, loads of explosions, gratuitous product placement. And I mean, an entire fucking Bud Light truck being flipped over, and the and the sign perfectly <laughs> caught in. You know, the one scene in it that is perfectly shot, Bud Light, clearest fucking day. Like, so. I think that's great. I think, you know, there are movies and there are films and he's a movie director and that's it. All right, Bayhem. I like it. God bless him. Um, What's in the cinema this week, Brado? From one extreme to the other. Okay. After Sun, this is called. Why don't you go over and introduce yourself? Dad, no. They're like kids. Why don't you go over and introduce yourself? Hmm. Sophie, they're like old. After Sun. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're t- toning down the pace yeah. and the bombacity. And the bombacity. Of Bayhem 2. Of Bayhem 2. A very intimate uh, father-son, or sorry, father-daughter drama, I should say. Um, Paul Meskel is in this. Oh. Yeah, and he's just like Just the one he's doing the rounds on the, the, the US talk yeah. shows. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the rounds on it. What's going on here is, is um, he's a young father just on the cusp of turning 30. He's taken his daughter uh, to a trip to Turkey. Basically a little kind of package holiday kind of jam. And they're basically just hanging out for the entire film. They're just kind of like going around to see the different sites or whatever. She's at that kind of awkward age where, you know, she's about to become a woman. She's like 12, 13. She's starting to notice boys and all the rest of it. Boys are starting to notice her. Mm. He's recognising that himself in her, that like, you know, she's kind of not necessarily pulling away from him, but that she's coming to a point where she's becoming a person. And he as well is facing up to the fact that, you know, age is beginning not not that he's beginning to grow old or whatever but he's on the cusp of a different aspect of his life so the two of them are kind of in this sort of liminal stage they're Mm. in this transitional stage I should say and you know like it's I, I, I can understand why some people would watch this and probably be bored to tears because it doesn't not a lot really happens in it it's more just kind of vignettes it's more just kind of like a scene where they're playing pool and they're just kind of interacting with each other. And it's very, very sweet. Like, the way that he talks to her and the way that she kind of responds to him, it's very, very natural. Did Liam Neeson do something recently? Yes, with, with his real son. With his real son yeah. in Italy on yes. holidays. And it was a bonding story. Yeah. I haven't watched it, but that's that was my guess of what yeah, it was. Yeah, that's it, in yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say this is a better film because that film, the one, the, one that you're talking about, was a bit too kind of hallmarky, I guess. It was a little bit too kind of saccharine and a little bit too kind of safe and boring. Mm. Whereas this, 
it's very like it's very very emotional but I would even try and terribly hard like he's able to like but the one thing I would say about Paul Mescal is is that he is able to do uh, he's able to tell an entire story on his face without giving a whole lot away now there could be an element of you're reading into it or mm. whatever but I think he's given you enough for you to kind of catch what's going on like he did that of, with the sausages as well yeah when he was yeah. saying like Ballyhonas fucking went out and bought a six pack six pack but um actually that's probably the smallest pack I mean a fucking 12 pack it's like a, no, it's like an eight how, how many sausages are in the breakfast jumbo roll again Ty sorry there will be two sausages two rashes two bacon walls oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not playing along I'm, I'm not, not singing that I'm, I'm just going to fucking list them out and back to the conversation please two two rashes two bacon and bacon's about to go hey you know we were talking on the podcast last week about getting together for a Christmas party what would yeah. it take for me to convince you to perform that for us? That I'd, say, um, and, I'd and, say a and, couple and of Captain video. Morgans and a Diet Coke. I was going to say, we're going to have to get you proper sloshed, aren't we? Like, just to... no, it wouldn't take much now at this stage of my life. <laughs> All right. Deal. Let's Deal. do it. Couple and, of, couple of bags of wine gums and I'll be up there in the bar singing it. That'll be on uh, all our social. How did we get from that from Paul Meskin? Meanwhile, who who plays the daughter in the movie? The daughter, and anyway, she's a. Haven't got. Hang on a second. I'm going to get her name up here because I've forgotten it. But she's a. Her first role in it. Give us the name of the movie. It's Celia Rylson. Oh no, I'm sorry. Frankie Corio is her name. Frankie Corio is. And the movie's called After. After Sun. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I really did. I really did enjoy this. I thought this was really, really interesting. I think. You know, like that kind of transitional space between a parent and a child, it's never really explored terribly well, I think, because it's usually kind of yucked up and played for laughs. Like I think of something like, you know, Father of the Bride, for example, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, or Meet the Parents. Or, or Meet the Parents, yeah. yeah, exactly. Where it's a kind of thing of like, you know, the parent is facing into retirement or something like that. and the daughter. psycho. <laughs> that threw a spanner in the works there, didn't it? So, anyways, I really enjoyed this. Uh, if I were to crack out the Terry's chocolate orange. Yes, please do. I would give this a good solid uh, 18 out of 20. Ooh. Four out of five. Like, four out of you five. are tying with the movie, one of the two movies you recommended last week, that one with Bill Nye. Living. Living. Yeah, that was four. That was, no, that was closer. That was 19, I think. Did I go to yeah, 19? It was four and a half. I it was 18. Yeah. It was 18. Okay, well, four and a half. Okay, so this would be four. So that would be 16 then? 16, wow. yes. John is, is nodding and checking my maths. John is our independent adjudicator. Like your man, he used to just pop up on the lotto for four seconds. For the, the guy with the white hair and the glasses from Price Waterloo go, good morning yeah. or good evening yeah. and just nod. Yeah. Good evening, Roland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was just Collins. there to oversee the balls. That was... Hey! Okay, so that's very positive. Um, yeah, I so, really enjoyed it. And and for Paul Meskel, another step in the right direction in his burgeoning um, and very bright young career. Yes, and I would really genuinely hope that he doesn't go and do something stupid. James Bond? No, see that's just like it. a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, like because he doesn't. Ha- I don't think he has the speed for it. Like he doesn't like the speed. Yeah. What's that mean? Well, <clears throat> he is not. Like okay, so to, to do okay, do you mean I, like the gears? Okay, I feel to do action properly, it's either it's it's two speeds. You're either like fucking Clint Eastwood or Keanu Reeves, where you're just walking slowly in and just 
beating the shit out of people. Well, you know? the thing is that there is an example of another young, very talented Irish actor who did do a Michael Bay movie. Yes, Jack Rayner. Yeah, I was on set with him at the time when he got the phone call from Michael Bay. That's right. To be in Transformers 2 or 3 or Transformers. The one with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. And was that the one with Megan Fox? No, it no, was with um, first one without her. Statements. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. It was uh, Age of Extinction it was called. And it was finding a, out who the female lead was in that. And it was a ball of shit. And he never, mm. made, he never went and did another action film again. And he was right not to, to be honest, because if you go back and watch that film, Jack Rayner is just, he's not, that's what I'm saying, he's not at that speed. I don't think he can do it. No, he is. Pelts. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a ball of shit anyway. Um, and completely forgettable, completely forgettable. And like, it's interesting that Jack Rayner never went back to, he never went on to do any of those kind of films. You know, like anyway, mm. he didn't kind of go do another Michael Bay film. He certainly didn't go do any other kind of action films he went off I think the next film he did after that was fucking Macbeth with Michael Fassbender or something like that you know what I mean that came out shortly afterwards he was in Grassland straight after that yeah. A Royal <laughs> Night Out and then Macbeth where he yeah. played Malcolm Yeah. Uh, since then he's gone on to star in Sing Street and a number of television shows including Strange Angel and a currently can be seen in the peripheral yeah it's a William it's a it's on uh, Prime Video and it's uh, adapted from the great William Gibson hmm. inventor of cyberpunk Oh. The cyberpunk genre. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Yeah, yeah, okay, go. well, he's working and maybe... Oh, no, he's doing I mean, how, how do you... Like, Simon, if you get a phone call to be in a Michael Bay film, even if you go, this maybe is not artistically what I want to do, it'd be very hard to say no. And I'm sure at the time, Jack Rayner was... No, oh, no, God, yeah. He was less than 30 years of age, probably. Probably in his 20s. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm. No, no, no. He, like, I mean... There's no way you'd turn it down if you're a young actor. Jesus Christ, yeah. not even But it close. didn't maybe propel his career, but it didn't ruin his either. No, 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 no. God, okay. no. Fuck no. No, no, no. Not at all. All right, again, uh, another tangent. Where are we? Brian, could you talk a bit more about those speeds? Like, what exactly are they and, like, who has them? Okay, so Jean-Claude Van Damme would be a really fast, like, you go watch something like Hard Target from the 90s or whatever, and he's just, like, fucking zipping around the screen. Jet Li... Uh, Jackie Chan any of those like they're just very very dynamic on screen running all over the place and they're kind of like you know with their hair on fire going crazy kind of stuff and their their performance is really really energetic and then you have the kind of the slow presence on screen where they come on it's like oh fuck we're all really in trouble now because here comes Keanu Reeves as John Wick or here comes Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's going to put everyone through the window or here comes Rambo and he's going to you know do whatever and all that kind of stuff and I don't think Paul Mescal has either the physical presence or the energy in any of the performances I've seen to do that. Mm. And like you look at somebody like Jack Rayner in Transformers Age of Extinction, Mark Wahlberg was leaving him for dust. He was just like hanging on, like poor Jack Rayner was just hanging on by his fingernails because Mark Wahlberg has that kind of hair on fire running all over the place. Oh, what's going on here? What's going on here? Uh, uh, you know, like running all over the place. Like, Whereas Jack Rayner was just like, fuck! You know, like this is lad, this lad was on the side of a road in Donnybrook like 10 days ago. Now he's next to Mark Wahlberg and there's shit blowing up all around him. And 
maybe that is what Michael Bay wanted. I think Michael Bay probably wanted somebody that a looked, regular young fella. Yeah, would like, look like fucking deer in headlights, and mm. that's what he was for that entire film. He was just deer in yeah, headlights, as opposed to someone like Mar- Mark Wahlberg who gets up at three a.m. to fucking hit the gym. Yeah, and then jumps into his cryo tube and you know does all that for ten hours, yeah. and then you know, and then he goes home and counts the money because that movie, as you said, was a pile of shit. Took one point one billion worth. Oh yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. All right. So we do. Yeah. We don't want to be miscasting Paul Meskel, but he isn't a, maybe a contender to be the next big action hero. No. And uh, this is Mercedes. I think he's he's. The and cho- he'd be delighted not to be. Yeah. And would delighted be not to be because I think the choices he's made up until now have been very very smart. And you mm. know whoever it is, Curtis Brown, whoever it is that's uh, advising him or doing him are doing him a mensch. They're doing him a good service. Solid mensch. All right. That's a high score uh, from Brian this week for. After Sun, 18 out of 20. Would you ever move back to Scotland? No. Why? There's this feeling, once you leave where you're from, that you don't totally belong there again. I have, um, because we've been doing a quiz the last couple of weeks, Brian. Oh, yeah. And I have a movie quiz, and it's titled The 18 Most Difficult Movie Trivia Questions of All Time. Bring it, and it says Brian. Look. Oh, yeah. Brian's like, okay. you put me up against what the ropes. I'm yeah, coming out so I get... Oh, 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 oh. Seconds out, baby. Seconds so, out. Let's roll. It's you and John. Yeah. You and John against Brian. And even at that, we're, we're, we're not going to be a match for Brian. Oh yeah, uh, seconds out, baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. He's fucking... <laughs> now he's turned into Mark Wahlberg. Okay, let, let me tease this thing. Oh my thing. God. Oh my God. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the ding, ding, ding indeed, because, uh, dear listeners, you've known that the last couple of weeks we've had a little quiz between JC, our producer, and uh, Ado. And uh, JC has wiped the floor with Ado. So this week I thought I'd put a little bit of spin in it. I'm going to let JC and Ado team up, and they're going to go up against the might that is Brian Lloyd, because oh. I have a movie trivia quiz here. I have 18 questions and this quiz is titled The 18 Most Difficult Movie Trivia Questions of All Time. Of course it Thankfully, is. Thankfully, I have the answers here. So, Ado, you're going to team up with JC okay, so and you're going to go against the font of knowledge okay. that is So, Brian John, Lloyd. I'm reaching the hand of friendship across the barricades. Unite the clans. Unite now, these, the clans. We're these will take a bit of thinking about, him. chaps, because uh, they're not straightforward questions. Brian's turned into Mark Wahlberg. He's doing one-arm fucking push-ups on the oh, floor. Oh, <laughs> baby, I'm ready for this. <laughs> okay, well then... Uh, I am so Johnny, ready for this. Johnny, cue John, the music. I'm scared. Cue the music. Turn the lights down. Here we go. The first question is for Mr. Brian Lloyd. Yes, sir. What film was so scary that theatre staff carried smelling salts for the guests watching the movie? The Exorcist is the wrong answer. Oh, okay. Yeah, John, we're literally reaching across the table to uh, confer. There's a bang in 1970s off that. Not The Exorcist, then I would probably say the first Halloween. Or a Hitchcock movie. Psycho or Halloween? Yeah. What do you think? Halloween. <clears throat> is that Psycho, Myers probably. Because they were, you know, yeah, and the way Hitchcock would have promoted movies yeah. that would that that's very Hitchcockian Simon our final answer is Psycho is the wrong answer oh, oh. and as it says here oh. in the explainer at first many might consider a plethora of guts and gore fests like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or The Exorcist but the shocking truth is that the film in question isn't one of many modern horrors but the original Phantom of the Opera interesting there okay. we go. You see, Bri, you see, I told you it was going to be tricky. Okay, so it's over to Team uh, JC and Ado. Uh, here is your question, gentlemen. What was the first movie 
to use profanity. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> the first movie to use, like, bad language in America. I have a feeling Brian will know this. I think I do know this. Yeah, okay. Well, but let's offer to the boys. Yeah, okay, we'll have a guess, John. I said the original Scarface. Scarface. The original one. Okay, the original Scarface, Simon. Is the wrong answer, mm. Brian. I'm going to say bullet. Steve McQueen. Because mm. he says bullshit in it. And that's the first instance of anyone ever saying bullshit on a, in a film. Good trivia. Is the wrong answer. Oh. The answer, my friends, is gone with the wind. Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Is blowing in the fucking wind. And the line, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. 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 The swear word. Yes. It was so scandalous they made audiences' heads spin, apparently. This is going really well. Nobody's got anything right <sighs> yet. That was my initial Oof. thought that I didn't flesh out verbally that back Oof. in the 50s and 60s. Like, Okay, Brian, I'm going to go back to you now. This, He's I done. have He's a feeling on. you should get this one. Are you ready, Brian? Yeah, hit me, buddy. How much power does it take to fuel the flux capacitor in Back to the Future? 1.21 gigawatts. Is the right answer. Well done. I would have got that as well because that that has been used in there. Uh, that was used in a radio jingle for like a soft rock radio stitch. Powered by 1.21 like, gigawatts. Power All right, Brian, you're one near love. Well done, Edo, JC, are you ready? Yes, sir. What was the first horror movie? To win an Oscar. More harder. More harder. Okay, well, Brian's just foaming at the mouth because you know he knows it. Rosemary's yeah, baby. This, this, is, this is like the chase because the chaser knows this. Doesn't he, Brian knows this. Uh, what are you going for? Rosemary's baby. John's saying that in such an unconvincing fashion and I'm not stock, stopping him because horror is not my bag. So I'll go with him on that one. It's the wrong answer, mm. Brian. Silence of the Lambs. Is the right answer. Ooh. This is going to be a weekly thing. They're going to try and beat Brian, beat the chaser. Bait, bait the bollocks out of Brian. Ah, come on! Okay. <laughs> uh, Brian, I've got one here uh, for you, and I think you will know this one. Sure. Uh, which director is considered to have been the worst director of all time? That's interesting. That's very subjective. Well, no, yeah, it is, because, like, I mean, okay, so in the sort of classic Hollywood, everyone would say Ed Wood, because he was the guy that did Plan 9 from Outer Space. Modern times, though, people would say Uwe Ball, and he was the guy that did, like, you know, Postal. Then other people would say Tommy Wiseau. I'm going to say the answer you have on your sheet is probably Ed Wood. I have three answers on my sheet. Interesting. Ed Wood, How Uwe many has Ball, Brian named? And Tommy Wiseau. You named all three. Give the lad so you get three points. <laughs> you are three nil up, uh, wow. Brian. Boom. Wow. Brian is flying He's away. He's just showing off now. Edo and JC, are you ready? Come on, lads. Come on. Come Brian on. is just becoming as obnoxious as Cristiano Ronaldo. Just, 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 Okay, this is one you'll get, lads. Are you ready? I wish you see him. I really do. Go for it. What was the first animated feature to be nominated for Best Picture? Okay, the, what's the thing with the rabbits warship down? Or the Jungle Book? Or Mowgli? The same thing. Um, first one I ever saw in the cinema, by the way. Fucking amazing. Um, Dumbo? I'd say Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Okay, so none of mine. Snow White. Okay. Final answer? You're going for Snow White. Snow yes. White. Is the wrong answer. Fucking Egypt, John. <laughs> Brian, to go for, to go for, Nilo. Um, hmm. 
Okay, so the first cartoon that was um, that kind of you know became famous for Disney was Steamboat Willie. I don't think it's that though. I think it was Fantasia. The 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 what I'm looking for is the first animated feature to be nominated for best picture. For best picture, animated. So uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs won, and they made a special Oscar for it, and had like the seven like little smaller uh, Oscars after it. So it's not that. So if it was nominated, silence to sense. Keep listening, listener. We're all still here. Mm. I need an answer, please. Okay, fuck it. I'm going to say Fantasia. Is the wrong answer. What was it? The answer, it's 1991. It was Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Because it was Best Picture, not Best... Oh, fuck! I knew that! <laughs> Shit! Oh, my God. He's... Sorry, I, I fucking knew have I, that. Have I... Have I broken Brian Lloyd? Yeah, I, because I knew that because it was best picture not best animated because they you fucking see? made a fucking shit. You All weren't right, listening to the question. Sorry, he's sorry. gone from Mark Wahlberg to fucking Joe he's Pesci. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. That's, it just, I knew I tell you that. what, we're seeing Brian's range here this wow. week, aren't we? It's kind of, it's, kind of, it's kind of cool. It's kind of scary. Sorry. Okay, Brian, it is, Brian, it is your question. Sure. Uh, and I'd be mightily impressed if you get this right. What was the number on the roof of the bus in speed? Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Stay above 50. All right? Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. What a great movie. What a great movie. I just think of all the aerial shots, Brian. I know. All this is it. And I can chop, see it. There's a, it's... And then even when it goes fucking... Off the broken bridge or the broken road, the re- unbuilt road to join the new bit, I think it kind of flips up. And as it says here, though the bus is the primary focus of the film, even the biggest fans of the film may struggle to remember the bus number, which is seen on the roof in multiple shots. Yeah, and yeah, there is, it is. A, there is a, and there is an explanation behind the number. Oh, sorry. Oh, Christ. Oh. I haven't a clue. I'm just going to say a random number and say 013 or something like that. Is the wrong answer. Oh. Gentlemen. I don't know if I can offer anything of substance, John. You're saying 911? It's too cliched, isn't it? I think the suggestion of the, the number having a meaning is something to do with... 55? Are you going with 55? That's the speed limit, isn't it? Oh, to do with the speed limit. Yeah. Again, that's very fucking <laughs> hackneyed and obvious. Um, I think it was below 60, though, wasn't it? The if, it if it fell below 60, 60, the bomb would go off. Yeah. yeah. So it had to keep it at 60, 60 or above. Yeah. The 54A, Simon. Um, buses in, in LA go by what? It was three, It was a three-digit number. I what see a three-digit number in my head. I just couldn't tell you what it is. 121. What do you think, John? 121, Simon. 69. That's <laughs> that, lads. Your reasoning, it's the wrong answer, but your reasoning was right. <clears throat> so, the number on the bus was 2525, which oh. equals 50, because it would drop below 50. It blew up. Oh. Well, you were you said fifty, didn't you, John? Or fifty-five? No, okay, well, we were. You're thinking it's still three 0 chaps, uh, uh, Brian. I have a, uh, It's your question, is it, lads? Is it's uh, the boys' question? Yeah, it's yeah. up to the lads. Yeah. Now, not Come only on, would I be more impressed if you get this right, uh, I'll clear both of your mortgages if you get this right. Wow. How many meters was the Death Star's thermal exhaust port? Never called this your face or audibly to your ears before, but you're a dickhead. <laughs> you're a fucking. I told you it was a tough quiz. 
Can you repeat the question? <laughs> okay, how many meters was the Death Star's thermal exhaust port? I would say Brian is even going to struggle with this. I think I know it. I think I know it because I can, I can, I can picture the scene. I can, I can even tell you the name of the guy who's given the fucking briefing in that scene. Um, and I think I know what the number is, but I'm not sure. Are we give him the stage and the glory, Johnny. Boys, throw an answer. Come there. on, throw an answer. Just f- eight thousand meters is the wrong answer. A bit big, maybe. It was smaller. It was like five meters across, I think. Well, to use football parlance, you've hit the post there. It's two meters. Damn it! I was close. I, that was it. I knew it was really... I, it was like, it's, it's tiny. Like, it was like, yeah. Okay, Brian, your final... Uh, we'll keep going until somebody passes out. Here we go. Brian, what was the first <laughs> move... Stop, stop, stop. Idea for a quiz show. Welcome to keep going until somebody passes it's out. It's a knockout. <laughs> it's Brian, a what was the first movie to be rated PG-13? Oh, uh, Red Dawn. Who is the right answer? Yeah, it's Red Dawn. They actually, well, it was yeah because it was it was it was all teenagers and it was like you know Charlie Sheen and uh, Patrick Swayze, but like they're like yeah living out on the fucking side of the mountain, killing Russians and all the rest of it. Yeah, it was Red Dawn. That's four. That's four nil, Uh, boys. I'm going to give you a question, which I think you will get in in an attempt to put a score on the board. Are you ready? Yes. What was the first sports film to win an Academy Award for Best Picture? It's gotta be Rocky. It's gotta be Rocky. Adrian, get up your bum. Because Mickey loves you. What are you going with? Rocky. Adrian! Adrian! Rocky! Adrian! Rocky! Hey, what's your I love you! I love you! Is the right answer. Yeah! 4 1. Go on, you good thing. Now okay, we're nearly there, chaps. We're nearly there. Let's see. Let's see if we can beat the chase here. Brian, here's one for you. Who was the first female director to earn over one hundred million dollars at the box office? Ooh. And for bonus points, what was the movie? Interesting. Okay. I love the fact that we've we've caught his interest here, Ada. What do you think? Well, he actually put his phone away um, <clears throat> to actually pay attention to this one. Wow, Jesus! Not to imply he phones he was... in the reviews, like you know, right? Like, mm, okay. So it's obviously recently enough. Um, now, I want to say, okay, it's not Catherine Bigelow anyway, because she was the first woman to win Best Director, and she won that for Zero Dark Thirty, but it didn't make a huge amount of money, and Hurt Locker didn't make a huge amount of money either. So if it was over 100 million, that's... That's like an open weekend nowadays. So it wouldn't be like Patty Jenkins, uh, who did Wonder Woman, made a shit ton of money for the first Wonder Woman. So I don't think it was that. Now, if I'm to think of Wayne's World, that was Penelope Spheres, and that did really, really well at the box office. And my that was my first instinct was to say Penelope Spheres. This is great extrapolation of your mind, bro. Isn't it just? <laughs> no, I really love is. this. Yeah. Talk about flexing. I want to say... Fuck it. I'm going to say uh, Penelope Spheris and I'm going to say it was the first Wayne's... Either the first or the second Wayne's World. Is the wrong answer. Okay, what was it? Well, gentlemen... Oh, shit, yeah, sorry, yeah, go on. Yeah, well, shit, I've given you the... You can can say fucking Patty Jenkins now. Uh, I think it was Penny Marshall for Big. Ooh, yes! Yes! 
is the right answer. Ah, good man, John. <laughs> and you get two points for that. So it's now four three. John. You see? Fair play, fair fucking play. Well 1988, done. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, even your competitor by Penny is congratulations. Good, more good than one. Your mm. Phenomenal, John. Because from the off, John whispered to me, "I know it is. I know this." Mm. I was, I was well done, was, boys. You're back in, Catherine and you have the chance to go level here with this question. Ooh. Are you ready, boys? Ooh. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I feel good for you in this one, lads. Liar. In what movie did John Wayne first call someone pilgrim? John's the one who just smashed the last goal into the top corner and now he's back in the box he's about to shoot he's going high he's going low is it going over the keeper's head he shoots stagecoach is the wrong answer fucking straight at the keeper gob shot chance to stretch the lead to two points here Brian I don't know I don't know John Wayne's filmography well enough but but it might be McClintock fuck it I'll, go, I'll say the searchers is the wrong answer oh Red, Red, River. Red, Red River Red River possibly the man who shot Liberty Valley ah oh, shit ah <clears throat> oh, shit I knew that <laughs> Jesus sorry how many of these 18 questions have we got left uh, well we're at 4-3 I want to give you a chance to get in here but uh, I'll tell you what we'll do one more question each right okay okay yeah uh, and um, Brian, I'm going to give this. This is is it Brian's question. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, Fuck the rest of the show, by the way, we should just do this every week. <laughs> uh, we have been doing it every week. Yeah. You see, yeah. yeah. You, you just you just left the building, but I thought I found such a stinker of a movie quiz. I thought we have to throw it at the. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me, baby. I love this. Here we go. I love this. What was George Lucas's original last name for Indiana Jones? Wow. Oh. There you go. I'm good, am I? That's interesting. I don't know that. Indiana Lucas. <laughs> I don't know that at all, actually. Indiana um, Jones. Question. You can, you can, and you can take this one to all the dinner parties you're going to over Christmas and yeah. say, interesting fact, actually. <laughs> well, like, so, okay, so I know, like, it was Henry Jones Jr. That was his name. That was like his real name, and Indiana was the name of the dog, and that was an Alaskan Malamute. Fuck, I don't know this one actually. Hit me. Go on. What was it? I'll, I'll, no, I'll have to I'll John, no, John wants to have a guess before anything happens you and your guess is Smith Indiana Smith is what you're saying Smith and Jones Smith and Jones yeah. Alias Smith and Jones yeah. I remember is the right answer shut up it's for all are you googling there you cheating her no. no he's actually Brian, not how verify. did you was that just a fucking stab in the dark or did you know that no that was a guess there. that was a guess yes. You jammy, jammy, jammy bastard. Steven Spielberg convinced Lucas to change the lead character's name from Smith since Smith sounded too plain and ordinary for all. Here we go, lads. That is unbelievable. You have a chance, boys, to win, to beat the chaser, to beat the man. Brian, how how damaging would this be to your your personal life? Well, okay. I, 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 first of all, that last one, complete bullshit. That was a fucking stab in the dark, and they <laughs> Smith Smith bullshit. Indiana Smith yeah. bullshit. That was a that, I mean, was, that a was a hail stab, mary. Of that a was pass. a hail mary. And and I've checked it with VAR, and it's correct. <laughs> Okay. Well, whatever, whatever. But it's got nothing to do with Smith and Jones. No. Yeah, but that's what inspired you. Mad, 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 mad. Sometimes you just get lucky. All right. Okay, see. boys, this is your question. To win the first ever edition of 
Can we beat Brian? The crowd can't even look. The music is just nudged up a little there, Johnny. Hear that? Oh, okay. What was the name of the young girl in Jurassic Park? I'm gauging from the silence um, that we're going to go for another Hail Mary here. I'm going to say Joni. Little Joni. Are, you, the are you offering that as an answer? Is that a T-Rex or is that a Triceratops? Are we, yeah, yeah, look, I'm, I'm useless in this regard. So uh, I will, I will, we'll go with John. We'll go with Joni. Is the wrong answer, Brian, to win it? You do have one question there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a clue. Lucy. Oh, her name was Lex Murphy. <laughs> it wasn't even close. Lex Murphy. All right, then this is the last question. Then, if you don't get this right, Brian, it ends up as a draw. We carry it over to next week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to win round one. What location served as the setting for many of John Hughes' movies? What location? Yes. So I'm looking for a place, a geographical. Place. Well, Grand Canyon, maybe, but no. That's, like, do you mean like a real world location, like, or do you yeah. mean like, yeah, yeah, okay. Most of his movies were set in this place. I would say like the Grand Canyon, like. Who you talking, John Ford? Now you said was it? No, John Hughes. Oh, John Hughes. Oh shit. Oh, uh, Chicago, Shermer, Chicago. I think he'd already said. No, I, 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 no, no, hold on a second. I, I'd heard John Ford. I don't know why I heard John Ford. Okay. No, it was uh, John Hughes. It was uh, Shermer. It was Shermer, Chicago. It was Chicago. Just say Chicago. Chicken Illinois, show. then, if you want to... If you wanna, widen it out. If you want to widen it out. Fucking it was, America. It was, <laughs> no, it was Chicago. It was Chicago. It was Shermer, Chicago. Are you sure it wasn't the Grand Canyon? <laughs> Fuck you, I thought he said John Ford. It was like, huh? Uh, your answer is? Uh, Shermer, Chicago. Is the wrong answer. <laughs> We have to dip himself. And I'm going to give you the explanation, but carry on, boys. Take it, steal it. Um, this is another part of Chicago. Is, is the Schwarmer? Has the Schwarmer sh- fucked you up? Uh, look, I, I, I'll level with you. I'm, I'm not familiar with the work of John Hughes straight off the bat. So, Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah, I. Home Alone, National oh. Lampoon's Vacation. Okay, well, I'm familiar with all those films. I just didn't know they were all his. So I, I just thought, when you asked the question, I thought Chicago has to be the answer. It, Chicago has already been said, I, I take it. <laughs> the answer is suburbia. <laughs> yeah, okay. like, I mean, Chicago. Okay, I'm going to put you all out of your misery. Go on. We'll the answer wrong. is Northbrook, Illinois. Now, before you have an apoplectic fit, Brian. A, a what? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. John Hughes was also known for setting many of his movies in Shermer, Illinois, a fictional suburb just outside Chicago. This was because John Hughes himself had lived in Northbrook, Illinois. Northbrook had originally been known as Shermerville, and in fact, his own high school was located on Shermer Road. So even though it's finishing a draw, you do get the moral victory. Mm. I'll give you that much, Brian. Is that all right? That's fair enough because, you know, I, I, I think the question that there was vague and, you oh, know... Oh, now he's having a go at the yeah, quiz master. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, I am. Yes, I, I am. He's using work his man blames us too. The trashing the place. No, I mean, like, I got the moral victory there and that's all that matters. <laughs> and, you know... Yeah, like, but unfortunately I, I, I we're going to tweet out that the finish a draw. No. See ya! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we'll pick this up again next week, Brian. You will get a chance to stretch your legs next week. Would you like more next week? Yes, I would. I really enjoyed this. This is just like I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just like you, you've like the, the lads have all just seen just a side. Just like it's like it's just something is just like just, yeah, it's, it's coming it's, out of them. He's yeah. revealed himself. I've yeah. awoken a beast. Have we? Yeah. All right. Back to your corner. End around one. Come out fighting next week. Brian's just left rage-filled at that uh, Pyrrhic victory. He's just fucking howling at no one in the street. So, so Brian, Brian is currently walking through the streets of Dublin giving out to small animals and children because he, he could have sworn he knew Sherman he knew Sherman in a night he's on yeah. Grafton Street shouting did you know Indiana Jones used to be called Indiana Smith no neither did I fuck it <laughs> he, he'll be studying for next week lads so I stand by even though it was a draw he did win the moral victory but you need to put it, put it in next week Let's remind ourselves of what he recommended because he gave it a very high rating. It's a new Paul Meskel movie, correct? Yes. Let's go back all of uh, however long before we did that uh, that everlasting quiz. The never-ending quiz returns next week. But will it ever end? Um, After Sun. New, new Paul Meskel movie. Paul Meskel has a huge amount of fans and I think... Um, based on Brian's review, he's going to have even more yeah. after this. Sounds like... Um, nice is not the word. An interesting movie. Father, well, it's very high rating, 18 out of 20. It's very, mm. very high. Yeah, should be enough to send you to see it in the cinema this week after Sun with the brilliant and Irish Paul Meskel. And then what's the sky give us? Something in the movies as well? Ah, yes, blockbuster bombs and bangs and bank robberies. Ambulance is there for you to watch. The, the latest offering from the prolific Michael Bay, and it's on Sky Cinema now. And you won't be disappointed. And uh, what did you learn this week, chaps? If you want to give Brian Lloyd an embolism, ask him a question about a film that he just can't quite think of. I learned that, John, you might be up in the middle of the night doing night feeds, but clearly, as well as feeding Lenny, you're reading a lot of movie trivia books. See ya! (laughs) 